<laughs> so I said to her, the crabs go in first, the lobsters are second. <laughs> uh, but what, what, what about uh, the crayfish? Uh, she said she could fit him in at a pinch. See, I did that. So I did a, f- a, a, a priest, an imam, and a, and a rabbit <laughs> walk into a bar. Yeah. No, they walk into a blood bank. Oh, God. They walk into a blood bank. And the person on the desk says, what's your blood type? And the rabbit says, I'm not sure, but I'm probably a typo. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's pretty good. <laughs> Did we actually just open with a joke? Yeah, we opened with with two jokes, technically. That's it, folks. We've done it. That's the last episode. It's back we, we, to we back jokes. It. We did it, guys. We finally got there. It's j- jokes. Jokes akimbo. Jokes a popping. Uh, <laughs> welcome, everyone, to episode two, two four nine of the Big Dumb Cast. Nerdy news, geek gossip stuff that's fit to fill and occupy your time while we all crawl towards the grave. We are falling in the grave. Ow! T- two four eight. 248, sir. We're here. 248, baby. Um, which means only one thing. We are two mm. episodes away from a non-aversary. Um, mm. I've, had people, I've had people ask, like, are you doing anything for 250? It's like, well, no. no. <laughs> we, tend to, we tend to celebrate the years and the Christmas. The centenaries. Yeah, but uh, I think we may have confused some folk because we, uh, we did a semi-special for... It wasn't even a special. 100 was where we did the rebrand. It was like, this looks pretty. Yeah. This is how we look now. This is how we feel. Speaking yeah. of how we feel, you've had your done. first jab. I've had my first COVID jab. I had my first jab of the AstraZeneca. You are officially uh, the day property of, of Bill Gates now. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, no, the, the nano machine's only going with the second the second jab, and I'm probably not going to oh. be getting that for another twelve weeks. So for the first one, um, do they just send Fantastic Voyage like ships into your system yeah. to make room. They put Randy Quaid in you. Um, <laughs> oh God. Is it oh, Randy Quaid? Is it? No, it's Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. It? That's why I was slightly in, worried. In I was like, place. you don't want Randy Quaid in you. I don't, well, not a lot. Only if he's wearing that mask. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, it, it's fine. I feel a little peculiar. But when don't you? Like, yes. Um, I was fine for most of yesterday, apart from a little soreness at the jab site. And then towards the end, <laughs> yeah. towards the end of the night, I was sorry. I just never heard that turn of phrase before. Yeah. Soreness at the jab site. Mm. So how was your evening? Um, so yeah, as as I got towards the end of it, like around midnight ish, I started uh, to feel. Well, I'd been I'd been feeling a little lightheaded and a little dizzy and a little uh, more fatigued than normal. You know, like um, uh, a little bit when you've had like too much to drink and the room's yeah. sort of spinning even when you close your eyes. Yeah, like a very mild version of that. Okay. Um, I had I got a couple of glasses of scotch that might have exacerbated it. <laughs> yeah, that, that tends to do it just a little bit. But it doesn't usually make me like that, you see, with just uh, a couple geez. of glasses. So, um, and then yeah, just a, just a few more muscle aches, and then by the time I got to bed, I was I had the full on shivers. Um, and the chills. Um, but this morning, yeah, woke up feeling a little like a very mild flu symptoms, just like achy and uh. A little 
little bit fatigued. Uh, but I popped a couple of... Headache. Headache was a big one. Yeah. Um, but popped a couple of paracetamol and now I feel pretty much back to normal, apart from my the, my left upper arm is just a bit sore and stiff than normal because the jab goes straight into the muscle. Yeah. So... It's like, gonna... t- like TB style, just sort of yeah. plumbed. It... Where did they put... Because you had your tuberculosis jab like in your arm when you were younger, right? Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got the little scar. I think mine's gone now. Because I've still, I've still got my bugger. It's this weird little... It sort of looks like a bullet wound, but that's yeah. mostly because it was in the age of kids being pricks. I think... Punch, punching oh, yeah, each other in the arm. The yeah. I think I got, I got mine a couple... Uh, a couple... Mine, like, like, swelled up and got a bunch of, like, funky fluid in it. Like, yeah, about, yeah, man. About, um, oh, God, it was, like, ten years ago now. And then after that, it seemed to have just sort of faded away. Um, but, where do they do this new one? Is it near the same site, or sort of adjacent? Uh, it's pretty much around the same place, yeah, yeah. Like, literally just... I'm pointing to it now, like top of my. <laughs> that's the saw bit. For those watching top this, my, at the top home of my upper right arm, equipped, um, like so just below the shoulder. Yeah, like sort of where where is where is uh, where upper, the swivel joint, arm, where the swivel joint in Matt's action figure would be in the upper yeah. arm. Yeah, <laughs> just under the ball joint. They'll, they'll yeah. ask you like, what arm do you want it in? Really? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. See now, do I get mine in the right arm to match the TB jab scar oh, in the left well, arm, or do I get it in the left arm? And then I got it in my left arm because it's my non-dominant arm. So if my arm felt dodgy, well, I'm right-handed, but my left arm is my wanking arm. So. Oh well. Well, see the thing, the way the way it worked for me, I, I, th- I assume you'll probably go to the same vaccination center. Probably. When, when, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more likely to to get. When, a, well, actually, I don't know because. Apparently, like, I have an underlying health condition which made me eligible, but I've no idea what that is. Is it to do? Is it to do with like uh, asthmatic stuff, allergies? Like, I'm not maybe? asthmatic. Like, I know, but like you, you have dog allergies and things like that, yeah, right? Yeah, but I'm not allergy. like that's not. I don't think that's on my medical records. Huh. So I've never been to the doctors with shit like that. But either way, I do you have do you job. have like a two year period you've forgotten about where basically you like went on a massive drug binge? And, I mean, and... there's more than a two year period I've forgotten about. <laughs> You know, I don't have any underlying health conditions. Your doctors look at your form, going like, "There was that three uh, years where you went around licking every lamp post, yeah, in Monton." Like we just I mean, this, this, that this will give you some. Instrument. That will give you some diseases. To be fair, and that's after um, they cleared it up. But the um, way the way it, it kind of pretty. worked was you, you went. I went into the the vac center. They give you a number with a like a big sheet that's got all the info about the vaccine on it, including possible side effects. Pardon me, and then um, you. <laughs> sit in a big socially distanced waiting area like loads of spaced out chairs so your number's called your number's called you go see some more volunteer who takes all your info double checks everything and then a clinician comes up runs you through the quest- medical questions for the vaccine and jabs you and then you're done mm. so they give you like three minute slots for appointments so when yeah. you book your appointment there'll be like a three minute there'll be like a selection of three minute slots but I was there for like half an hour yeah okay um because you got to wait your turn, like, um, but it, you know, seemed to run pretty smoothly, um, seemed to be run pretty, you know, efficient. As, as efficient and socially distanced and, and clean, the volunteers were doing a great job of keeping things running properly, clinicians were ace, um, so yeah, it's, it's good, if you can get your jab, and you haven't already, get your jab, if you can't get your jab yet, 
get it as soon as you can. Yeah, wait, wait until they've gone. It's get, your turn. But yeah, I've got to wait like twelve weeks, up to twelve weeks now to get my second dose. Yeah. Um. So I'm not completely um vaccinated. Vacked yet. But you, you are, you are miles, miles past a bunch of other people. Yeah, and feel generally pretty good. I'm just miffed because when we have like the eventual like celebratory uh, fifth birthday of the podcast drinks, it'll just be you at the place where the drinks are being had, going, "Where the hell's Johnson?" Well, I'm having the drinks right now. Hey, I've got a glass of um, the Ardmore single malt scotch at four in the afternoon on a Sunday. Hey, um, why the hell not? I mean, you've been through a tough time, and I'm not talking about the vaccine. No, last night. <laughs> Last night. Without without giving the game away as yet, last night, Matt took the plunge into I, I, the miraculous I, I, world. It wasn't even my idea. Yeah. It was Keek's idea. She was like, I'm going to sign up for Now TV and let's watch Zack Snyder's... Um, I, I would I would have said, Justice you're better League. half, but now I'm, I'm questioning that. Well, um, she said, she said, uh, we'll, we'll watch Zack Snyder's Justice League. We'll start it tonight, but we probably... I don't think we'll finish it tonight. I don't think I've got four hours in me. We watched the whole thing in one sitting. And that's why you felt queasy. And <laughs> well, I, jokes aside, um, we're gonna next week because we're pre-recording yeah. these two episodes uh, two days in a row, folks. Uh, in case you're wondering why next week we don't talk about certain news or, mm. or review an episode of a show like that came out last week, but it's because you know stuff's going on. Um, next week, Matt is going to be giving his spoiler-filled. I will. Thoughts. I will go into deep details and tell you all about. The good, the bad, and the ugly of Zack, Zack Snyder's, Snyder's Justice League. Yes, not the Justice is Grey cut because that's not out no. there. But it's, a shame, could... it's a shame you're not going to get a chance to watch it because I, uh, I'd be interested to see what you think. But I'm, I'm the, the, there's, the, the, I, I'm, a, I'm a villager with a pitchfork, but the one toward the back of the mob who's like, mm. how did this Frankensteinian creature? like turn out so i'm not the one who's stabbing the monster i'm the one at the back going i, I feel like i'm gonna end up stabbing it but i've got some questions first so i will get around but i'm in no in no hurry but the algorithmic gods dictate that we must that talk we must about talk about it soon the snyder so, cut uh, if you want the Justice is Grey edition early, folks, uh, you just go to your TV <laughs> settings and turn your TV grey. I don't um, know why they're doing it, but hey. Whatever. Because wanky, because of the same reason there was that wanky caption at the start of it that says it's in 4.3 to preserve Zack Snyder's that's unique vision. Not on the Now TV version. So HBO Max get the protection. I think that's only on HBO Max. Amazing. But um, we're going we're gonna to talk about it in depth next week. But... Yes. Boys and ghouls. Yes. Um, presented briefly now is a spoiler-free, not full-on review, but like give us give us a sous-son of what's on so, offer next week. Outsiders Justice League. I texted you last night saying a I'm picture about- of your penis, and I said yes. not appropriate, and you went, <laughs> but, and then okay. you texted back with uh, some strawberries dangling off the edge, and I went, okay, better, that's better, yeah. fruit fruit with your meat, yeah. um, <laughs> and meat and three veg. <laughs> Uh, no, I had it removed. Um, <laughs> just the extra one. Everything else is where it should be. Um, so I texted you and said, we're about two hours in. Um, and this is... It's not even funny 
how much better than the, the, than the theatrical cut this is. It yeah. is... It, uh, watching the Snyder... The, Zack Snyder's Justice League puts into stark contrast just how much of a fucking mess Joss Whedon and the Warner Brothers executives made of the film he was trying to make. And, and, and we didn't like Justice League anyway, but in the wake of this, I'm like, Jesus, that was a hatchet job of a film. Like, no... Absolute hatchet job. No attempts were made to sort of, like... Um sort of coherently trim down what was meant to be at least the first two thirds of a two part story. They didn't trim anything down. They just sliced giant mm. chunks out of it. <laughs> like it, it's, it's not even, it, it, it's, it's it boggles my mind that they did what they did with the, what we eventually got in theaters as justice league. Um, and also going back and just seeing like how much of the stuff in the Whedon cut was just uh, scenes that he'd already that Zack Snyder had already shot, but with slightly different often often worse dialogue. So the, so the weird bits like um like where Aquaman like just before he goes into the sea after Bruce has spoke to him and it's clearly a pickup, and he, he's he's clearly on green screen. Like that moment still happens, but it's different dialogue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and different and different like sort of angles and such. That um, seems so pointless in a way. S- some of the characterizations are vastly different. I hear Cyborg um, gets the 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 best of this because Ray of... Fisher is fucking great in this, and Cyborg gets which is great because he's because he's boring as fuck in the yeah. theatrical cut so it's yeah, like and, and it, it he's shows... actually a really interesting and well-developed character in this yeah okay. and, and 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 actually takes like carries a lot of the of the sort of narrative and themes of the film mm-hmm. is is centered around cyborg and, and and victor stone's story yeah um pre pre and post conversion into a cyborg in fact, in fact all of the characters for better or worse, usually for better, are just way more fleshed out and like entire like entire cast members have been reinstated <laughs> in this version. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, Willem Dafoe's um, Volko like returns yeah. like well, I say um, returns. It was meant to be his first appearance in the yes. DCEU and yes. now it is again kind of. Uh I will say that there is without spoiling too much there is one change that they made from this version to the Joss Whedon version, which was definitely better, which is that in, for some bizarre fucking reason, Amber Heard in Zack Snyder's Justice League is doing like some weird, like sub Keanu Reeves in Dracula British accent. Is that when, I, but like early on when I was going like, I, I know where the bastard sleeps. Yeah. You went, well, you, you meant Amber. Oh my God. Cause there was a similar line. Containing the word bastard that Amber Heard similarly butchers. Jesus wept. Um, but but on the whole, I and I can't believe I'm going to say this. I am eating. I am. I am holding my hand up and saying I was wrong. Not only is Zack Snyder's Justice League like 
not only is it good that it that it's finally getting to see the light of day, but I also think it's the best of the DC stuff that Zack Snyder's done. Yeah, I think it is. It's it's too long, <laughs> but it is based on it is basically an early cut of the film. Like the it is that is what he said it was going to be. Where it's like it's the version of the film he had before he left the project, but they've gone back finished the effects and added a couple of, they've added about half an hour of footage that wasn't in that original rough cut. Yeah. Either from the, the, it's only about four or five minutes from the reshoots and then like some of the like retooled and reused footage that they've used to fill stuff, stuff out. Like there's a sequence with Superman where they like reuse, um, cause they couldn't get Henry Cavill back for the reshoots. They reuse like different angles and digitally altered footage from like the end of Man of Steel yeah, um, I've seen I've seen in one of the trailers like the the him screaming after snapping Zod's yeah. neck is repurposed like the, yeah. the the shot of him like ah like the quite memeable infamous screen grab of him screaming is yeah. in the scene. And there's some this sort of, sort of uh, digital recreations of like Gal Gadot and um Jason Momoa where they couldn't get them back to do certain things but they've sort of avoided doing like showing their faces in the way that they're used. Yeah. So they can kind of get around it. Um there is some ropey CGI in here and there, mostly to do with like face mapping onto oh, characters. Okay. So like as good as Ray Fisher is, some of the cyborg face like some of the cyborg effects are just here and there are just a little bit ropey. Don't quite um, translate. Mostly it looks great, but there's just yeah. some moments where the face it, it, it's, it's a bit attack of the clones floaty face. I think that's that's something um, to something to be, you know, reminded of with this one is that it's 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 the equivalent of the Donner cut in the yeah. like, the studio yeah, just yeah. gone. Here's what um, we, here's what we can give you. Do what you can to recreate, but, including obviously like him not having certain scenes yes. and having the option to use footage shot by someone else, but him flat out refusing to. Because but because it seems like all the stuff that he would he would have he might have needed to use was reshot for seemingly no reason other yeah. than to reshoot it. Yeah. Like looking at the stuff that's in here, it just seems like Joss Whedon just reshot almost the entire film. Yeah, and then uh, added a bunch of other stuff that isn't in here. Because what I've read so far, again, no spoilers. Everybody will save that for next week. But like what I've read so far is that it's the 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 bulk of the new footage, like, yeah, like brand new made for this footage outside of effect shots, is an epilogue sequence, which yep. is like that's the most obvious this was shot in the last six months to be yep. included in this movie. Um, uh, this includes, obviously, actors who weren't in the franchise coming back, yep. uh, who weren't in this film coming back from the franchise elsewhere, and actors who didn't get a chance, who did body mapping, like the guy who plays Darkseid, for example, mm-hmm. uh, was hired for the original and did performance capture work for it. Here, they've obviously done new performance capture work and... You know, actually giving him lines yeah. and stuff. Um, is Steppenwolf still the main antagonist of the film, though? Because uh, I, th- I think the marketing's been really leaning heavy on Darkseid in a way that I'm like, I don't. I, I get the sense that if this is still that that film we've already seen, but with original original shots and you know stretched out, the uh, the primary antagonist in the movie is it still yeah. Steppenwolf? For the the sort of relationship, I would imagine it's kind of like the Ronan and Thanos dynamic in the first Guardians movie. Right. So so Darkseid's on on the fringes, and yeah. Steppenwolf is still doing this 
on behalf of Apocalypse. And, but, and because of because of all that stuff, Steppenwolf is actually a way more interesting character. Yeah, because in the, in the more, court, like has just... act, like he actually has motivations and a purpose and stakes. Yeah, because all, all you got in the theatrical cut was he's part of Apocalypse and he's let someone down at some point and he keeps talking to the boxes as though they are his mother. And he mentions Darkseid in the theatrical cut briefly. He's like, mm. for Darkseid, for Apocalypse. And that's kind of it, really. Yeah. Um, I'll, I, again, I'll go into more detail next week no, of course, how of that stuff worked. But basically, the, the, the sort of bones of the movie we got in theatres are the same, like the basic plot structure. Yeah, it's the same skeleton. Resurrection but, on the ship, yeah. and Amazon's fighting for the bo- mother box and things like but that. Everything's expanded. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, There's a lot of stuff that's just gone completely Yeah, that they seem to add for no reason. Uh, everything's expanded. Everything's more fleshed out. This is like a four-hour film that you can see where if he had continued with post-production, had he not suffered um the sort of family tragedy that he did also it should be noted that the film is dedicated to his daughter yeah which um, which uh, i mean i think that makes is, sense because it was the project he was making when when tragedy yes. struck and it it's yeah. you know it's the first big big project he's released yeah. since so then he's, dedi- so he's dedicated the film to his daughter coming to netflix soon but separate thing but a I, portion of the proceeds are going to a suicide prevention charity as well. i was gonna say that's um, that's the one th- that's one of the two things he's done this week where i've gone like mate well done like yeah. well played the other being uh smacking down far, <laughs> that was so good far right comic book fan groups that have um praised him and been and like you know proper like push him for the Snyder yeah. Cut release whilst two of the fuckers were in the Zoom call. Yeah. Well, like, was... obviously not direct. He wasn't, like, directing it at them. He probably didn't even realise they were part of that group, but he was aware of the group's shit tactics and nasty behaviour and was making a point of saying, yeah, I don't stand by that. They're a bunch of dickheads. Yeah. And two of them are sat there in the call. And inevitably, within hours, those pages They're all turning were against posting, him, yeah. like, Zack Snyder's let us down! And the second was like, Fuck off! Like, but 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 I've also seen I've also seen the the sort of the Snyder fandom doing some stuff where like because right now we've made no bones about it we we are very much sort of like we want to love the DCEU we've not enjoyed much of it and part of that has been down to this nasty discourse in the online fandom and we we wish every happiness on the people who wanted this or wanted or or. wanted the Snyder Cut and this is what they're getting and everything like we wish yeah. every I hope you enjoy it I hope you have a fucking ball but the nastiness hasn't gone away yet online it's really bizarre between the no, celebratory posting there's a lot of of attacking and, it, and shitting on other people and, and one of the things that people have been doing is weaponizing the dedication to his daughter yeah, against critics really anyone shitty. anyone who's gone I didn't enjoy the movie They've been hitting him with like you know, but it's for his daughter. You fucking so what? You you're glad that she's gone? Blah blah blah, and all that. And it's like no, like, no, that's not that's not because he dedicated the movie to his to daughter. Someone, yeah, it doesn't just, make doesn't make it good. Like yeah, it doesn't it doesn't uh, give the movie a free pass from analysis and critique. I, it's I still a say, piece of art. Like it can be critiqued. I, I will say it's it's one of it's it's the best uh, DC thing that Zack Snyder's made. 
Yeah, so he, uh, Man it's, of Steel, Batman v Superman, yeah. and contributions <clears throat> to the theatrical cut of, it's, of Justice League. It's definitely... I think it's better than... I think it's probably better than Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, I can I can see that, but only because that film um, is so misguided in its execution of its ideas I, whereas at least I, this is is one vision but like i'm and, saying and this a is, statement a, a very randian one from some of the yes, stuff i've seen as well yeah. unfortunately uh, well, like, but it's like i was saying uh before we went off on the zack Snyder tangent like it is, <laughs> it is a four it is a four hour movie the snangent does not feel like it's four hours long oh so it flies quite nicely it flies by okay because uh, there's so much going on okay um, that's good and it's because it is basically a, a a finished and released version of an early cut. Mm-hmm. You can kind of see watching it what he would have been able to slice out to get it down to two and a half hours, three hours of a, of like a, a actually really pretty good Justice League film. So there, so there's still some some drag in there. There's still some stuff in there that's like th- there's no reason for that to be in there. Yeah. But it's there because he was they, he was finishing what he had. And also, is not releasing this to theater. It's had a theatrical no. run in some some cinemas in the states. It, it, but uh, these the the sort of they, I think he wants to get it in IMAX because it is in that four three um, uh, aspect ratio, which really only makes a difference in one shot towards the end, where it it seems odd. Everything else, it it you don't even really notice. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, people people of a certain age are like, sure, okay. And yeah. People of a younger age are going, I don't get it. Why is it not using the whole screen? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, guys, that's how TV TV used to look for a very long time. There's one shot towards the end where you're like, this would be better in widescreen. But everything else is like, yeah, it's it's, it's framed and and shot for this. You know, he makes makes great looking, like, tableaus and vistas. And the action in this is... Look at those vistas! The, the, The action... In it, the action choreography and the way it's shot. Yes, there's too much slow motion because it's a Zack Snyder film, but that alone could um, have knocked the runtime down by about half an hour. Yeah, basically. Um, but also, like, it just looks so much better than mm. everything in the theatrical cut. Oh, the theatrical um, one. The theatrical one looked like it had been attacked by a Crayola box. Yeah, the, like, the, like the, the saturation the was cut cranked up. Looked really cheap compared to this, and mm. this, even though it's like comparatively not had as much money spent on it as the actual cut did it like every penny that they did spend is up there on screen and it looks great for the most part again like i say a bit of ropey face replacement cgi with with uh cyborg and a couple of other characters here and there and a couple of like plasticky cg stunt doubles but that's a, that's a problem of the of the medium yeah it's it's a but it's a like, budgetary even, yeah, even um, if you throw money at it, you're still going to have stuff like that. Because you get stuff like that in the Marvel movies where they spent all the money in the world on it. Like, it, it mm. that's always going to be a, an issue. I mean, yeah. It's not, I it's mean, not like Matrix Black Reloaded Black Panther's a fantastic movie, but there's still man. bits of CG in Black Panther. Where yeah. Go, oh, God, guys, Ooh, really? That was the ropey. option? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, but for, uh, honestly, I, 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 I will hold up my hand and say I was wrong. I actually quite enjoyed Jack, Zack Snyder's Justice League and I and, think and Jack Snyder's Justice League and Jack Snyder's Justice League and I think it's pretty good interesting like it is long it's an investment but the way it's broke the way it's broken up into the chapters with the title cards it's it lends itself to like dipping out and coming back to it yeah so, it's got a uh, it's, it's got a 
uh, uh, the option to put it down and come back like the next yeah. evening if you want to. Sort of built into it. Yeah. Which is neat. Um, and, you know, that's kind of one of the great joys of, of streaming <clears throat> stuff in your home anyway. So, yeah, it's it's good. It's, more, it's good. I'm, 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 I'm sitting here in March 2021 and I'm saying, yeah, Zack Snyder's Justice League's pretty good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the wonders never cease. The wonders um, literally never cease. Deep dive spoiler details next week, so please do oh, tune I've in. Oh, I've got some things to tell you. Um... The good, the bad, and the frugly. Uh, mm. And but my last question before we move on to the main topic this week is: uh, Is the Russian family on the outskirts of of town completely cut from the movie? Yes. So you're happy that those children and the mother and father died in this cut? They, then, they don't you? exist in this cut. Oh, they did. Still, they never existed in the hearts of many. Because because <laughs> they well, were in the reshoots. Yeah. One because they were in reshoots, but also when they first go to that area. When Steppenwolf first goes to that area, they make a point of saying how irradiated it is, and it's completely deserted right. because it's a, it's a fictionalized version of, of Pripyat. Yeah. Okay. So they make a point of saying like, "Yeah, no one would live here. What a fucking no. dumb idea, guys." Like that's why <laughs> we're here would put because that no in one the lives film. here or near here yeah. because it's completely fucking irradiated. <laughs> but the Flash has got to push a truck. Oh, I'll tell you what the Flash does. Don't you worry. <laughs> Um, oh, actually, one not a spoiler so much, but just a production note. Yes. Do they do they still shoehorn in the Danny Elfman and John Williams Batman and Superman themes? It has a completely new score by Junkie XL, who was originally working on it. He was and originally working out. on it, yeah. And he having having done BVS before. Yes, he's credited yeah. under his real name of Tom Holkenberg, but it's Junkie XL, mm-hmm. um, and he did a completely new score for this. Which so, so they don't can... reuse any because that was the thing, wasn't it? Danny Elfman did the score for the theatrical the only... release, yes, with with some use of the Junkie XL and Hans Zimmer themes from the two previous films, yeah. The only... And then they they made a big point in the press before the film came out of the the Danny Elfman Batman theme and the John Williams Superman theme are going to be used in the movie. It was like, why? Yeah, and they come and the, the only... fuck out of nowhere in the movie. It's just like this is distracting. This makes me want to watch. Keaton and Reeves, not this. I want the to watch only other films. themes that are reused in this are the ones that were previously established in Snyder's previous projects. Ah, so there's a bit of. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, the way this, the way cool. the score moves between like orchestral instrumentation and then like rock instrumentation and then electronic stuff is like really. What Junkie XL does, it's really interesting. Does uh, Diana get to beat the piss out of bad guys? Oh, ho, 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 ho. Do you like Wonder Woman? I love Wonder Woman. This film's going to be... You're going to like this film. Okay, um, I'll waggle my Wonder Woman funk in front of the camera, if only because I know it makes you nauseous, but now she can't make you nauseous because technically the vaccine is... Yeah. Whee! Look at her go! There we go. There we go. Good old Diana. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> I will Fiamis tell Kiara. you... I will tell you all the details you want to know in the next episode. So have a think. Um, not the audience, because you won't get time. Because we have <laughs> recorded it before this episode's out. But for you, Christopher, have a think. But you ought to ask me tomorrow about um, about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Now I'll tell you everything. Shorting, you bread roll. Well, um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I, I, I love being wrong about stuff like this. It's know, so it, good. It's a like, good feeling. I'm going to watch Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm going to spend four hours watching this thing. And I'm actually going to enjoy it. Damn. Like, would you fuck. would you would you revisit or do you think it'd be one that like 
You know, it's, it's one like a year, two years from now, you go, oh, go on, we'll watch it again. Why not? Yeah, not anytime soon. Yeah. Because it's long. Yeah. How many, time, like, how many times could you fit in viewings of it back to back between now and the second shot of the vaccine? <laughs> Let's fuck. calculate that and then we'll start. I can't do that much maths. Even, <laughs> even on a good day, I can't do that much maths. <laughs> I've got like very limited free time in the next few days. And uh, uh, now would be the prime time to watch the film myself. And I'm just like, I don't want to pay for a movie membership on Now TV. And I don't. I don't want to... I've got very little free time before this job starts, so I'm going to do other things, like... I mean, you know, if, you, if you do have time to watch get, it... Get stoned can, and spoon we can always <laughs> You can always share logins, but I, I'm, I'm perfectly happy I've, if you don't want I've to got, I've got other things to do, but thank you yeah. very much. I've got other things I need to do, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to picking your brains about it tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Um, pick, pick my brains, by all means. Do you know what else was, um, uh, was rather wonderful and, and a nice surprise? Um... Tuning into a goddamn action movie, part one yes! of six on Friday morning for me. You yes! watched it Saturday morning. Uh, Saturday yeah? morning, yeah. Then after I after I'd had me jab. Oh, madam! You had your jab, then you came home and got real queasy watching uh, a pod race sequence in a canyon. Essentially, uh, which I was... didn't get queasy till later. It's all Ooh, right. Oh, baby! Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode one dropped on Disney Plus. I mean, you could open with action. Open yeah. with action. Oh, and, and then and then that be the primary action of the episode because yeah. again, so folks going forward, some mild spoilers. We'll give you a big spoiler warning when we dive into big details. But yeah, Falcon the Winter Soldier, Disney Plus, the second thing of Marvel Phase Four to get released actually out into the world. The second mm-hmm. TV show set in the MCU, made by Marvel Studios. So it's the second one using the film characters on mass. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes place six months after the events of Avengers Endgame. Um, something like that something like that because there's references to how the world's still adjusting to like you know th- this goes into how like the banking system and rents and housing deals with the fact that yes. people who didn't exist for five years suddenly exist again so some of the new characters that you are introduced to in this uh, is Sam Wilson's family yes and excellent addition yeah the excellent sister because it gives you a sort addition. of ground level um a sort of ground level uh, view on how the blip, as they're calling it, mm. affected like your average person. So Sam Wilson's family owns uh, uh, first his parents and now his sister and, and her two sons own a like a small fishing business, um, and part of the sort of the drama of, of their ongoing episode is that there is that his sister is like really strapped for cash because you know they had to keep things going through a five-year period where half the population of the world had gone including sam mm. um and she was having to raise two kids on her own because he makes um, a point of saying like uh you know I, I i barely got to know like my baby nephews next thing i know like they're six and seven it's yeah, like they're, li- they're little men yeah they're tiny men um who play it, video games when mom's it, not looking <laughs> Yeah, and it's so my it's favorite kind of, beat in the episode. Actually, I was like, "Yeah, that was that was so me and my little brother." <laughs> part of the drama of the episode is some sort of like trying to is Sam Trotrak trying to help her get things back on its feet, and I just think that's a really hmm. one of the things that's, that's that's neat about taking these characters into um, long form. In, into long form is you are able to do things like that and have their back and, and let them breathe. Because uh, so in a film, it'd be a throwaway line. It'd be like, uh, like yeah. you know, my sister's been struggling since I was away. Yeah, 
And there you go. Whereas now it's like, no, we're going to see Sam and his sister yeah. go and, and apply for a loan, figure out what to do with the boat. and Yeah, their yeah. Re- exploring their relationship, their relationship to their parents, um, and sort of the legacy of that, and the, the family legacy, and also while Sam is sort of still wrestling with what to do with the legacy of Captain America. And whether or not he's um, making the right decision um, yeah. in that choice. In the uh, choice. Um, so and then got, we get so we've got Sam working with the military. Yeah. Essentially, he's like he, he's yeah, he's still taking of, on military jobs as as you know, Falcon, sort of, yeah. as, as as Falcon. But he's he's not sort of despite taking the shield, he's not sort of using it in the field. He's not taking on the Captain America mantle. He's still a bit, he's still clearly conflicted about that. But he does come to a decision in this episode. Meanwhile, uh, um, Bucky's trying to live a normal life, like not well, not in a not in a you know I I want away from all of this, but in a the government the government yeah. demands that you as a former mass murderer and sleeper agent yes. have to show us that you are you are free of that and rehabilitated because lest yes, we all forget he's... pre the events of Infinity War and Endgame, Bucky was the winter soldier he yeah. killed people on behalf of hydra and other governments so he's been granted a, a, a pardon yeah for his part in in uh you know saving, saving the, the world, world. <laughs> uh, the, uh, but he it's conditional on him like undergoing therapy and trying to work through his his trauma because even though his time in wakanda they freedom from the hydra mind conditioning he's still got a lot of trauma which i, and I like this they, like they didn't just magically cure him in wakanda like he's still got trauma of the thing of memories of the things that he did yeah and knowing that he did things and sort of he, he was a gun pointed at people by by yeah. shadow organizations for years and now he's which, now he's getting the echoes of the deeds he's done through yeah. his dreams and and, and and again we get to explore him coming to terms with that yeah, uh, sort of his own his own legacy. So it's like like Sam's trying to deal with the legacy of of Steve and his own parents, and Bucky's trying to deal with his own legacy. Yeah, and then into this comes the uh, the the sort of mystery of the uh, the, uh, the the flag smashers. The flag smashers. Oh, is, uh, that made me some, very happy to hear. Who is like a clit like an anti nation state uh, movement that. Like Sam's contact is is investigating for him to possibly look at. So and it's that's an sort of MCU the setup of the take episode. on it using the using the blip as the yes the origin for this incarnation of of uh, the comic book character Flag Smasher and his organization. Yeah. Whereas in this case, it's it's a group, and I believe our um I believe our uh, lady from Solo, who we've not met yet but seen in the trailers, yes. uh, she is the MCU version of Flag Smasher. Her name is a is a gender tweaked version of oh, okay. the character's name. So the flag smashers are it's a Mysterio deal. It's like yeah, here's this thing, and we're gonna do this with it. So it's still the same thing, and we get to do what you would like it to do, but it's gonna look different. Like Zemo, um, you know, like like yeah. a lot of what the MCU's done with uh, with sort of the less iconic villains of of the Marvel universe when they've brought them to the screen. They've they've retooled them in service of the greater narrative and it seems that our our narrative is going to lead down the flag smashers what the heck are they up to what are they planning and how that's going to bring bucky and sam together because another thing they don't meet in this episode we, we just no, catch up with where they both are in their, their, life. their plots are separate sam's been well uh, sam's been trying to sam's, reach out yeah. to, to bucky 
but Bucky sort of closed himself off and he's sort of dealing with his stuff in his, which again comes up in his therapy session. So, so that's the sort of, so Bucky's, Bucky's left him on spoilers, red. Bucky's left him on we, red yeah. for like six months, basically. Ghosted him. Yeah. So before we go into, into proper spoilers and get into like the, the meat of what we, of what we really did and didn't like, how do we generally feel about this first episode? I think it's really, really good. Uh, it, it's, but I'm a little biased because Winter Soldier is my favorite MCU movie still, and this yes. this kind of feels like a continuation of that style and narrative. Yeah, in, definitely. In, in a post End Game world, so it's yes. like if you loved Winter Soldier, and you've not really been keeping up with everything, you could pick this up and get it. Like you'll get the gist that since Winter Soldier, Cap's not Cap anymore. Uh, the world was attacked by a purple man with testicles for a chin. Yeah. And everyone's kind of dealing with the fallout of that. But this is, I think this is the, this is like the, the, the MCU equivalent of like a comic series ending. And then that series coming back a few years later with the same like writer and an artist and everything. It's like, this is winter soldier. The vibe of winter soldier continued. Um, which made me happy. I mm. I think maybe it might have been worth dumping two episodes at launch, like One Division did, yeah. if only Although, just to end on kind of a on a spectacle beat because it ends on a very on an intri- a note of intrigue. I would say this ends on a pretty interesting cliffhanger. Yeah, but I I, um, I do wonder how that'll play to audiences who are, have forgotten. This is a separate show, not the one you've been watching for the last two months, and also is only six well, episodes because I mean, it's a six-week uh, deal. You can't. You've got to trust your audience to a certain degree, and trust websites not to be clickbait yeah. and pricks. Did you see comicbook.com posted? Um, I think how, I might have how blocked the, them from my news feeds. How the X Men will be introduced in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, it's they like, keep fucking doing that. They did what it in is one division? It's so stupid. It's like, why would they? I, why I, would they? I, it's it, a story about Sam and Bucky. What the fuck does that have to do with introducing the mutants to the MCU? Go away. Just stop and review the episodes. It's fun to speculate. It's ridiculous to perpetuate this like culture. Yeah. Of of um of forced expectations because that's how you get the nastiness in fan communities. That's how the, mm. the and that's how people. It's all about you know measuring your own expectations, but that's why so many people got disappointed at the end of One Division, and you said, "Oh, why is that? Is it because it sort of you know ended up the same kind of vibe as the movies, like you know sort of Skybeam stuff, or or is it because you know you felt like certain things there was no closure and." so many of the responses would be, well, no, because I thought Magneto was going to show up. It's like, it's like, why? No one told you that. Because the internet from said. these weird clickbaity articles. Yeah. Like, I think the action's a really solid opener. How about you? How do you feel How do you feel it was for a season opener? Yeah, I think really strong. Uh, reintroduces to these, char- to these characters that you've grown to to know over the course of, of several films and also really does a really good job of fleshing them out and, and humanising them. Mm, yeah. Um, like... The the character stuff is so nicely written and performed that you don't really hanker for more action after you get the bit that you do. I mean, you yeah. get little bits of, of, of stuff here and there, but you don't really... You're not like, oh, I need a big action set piece, I need a big action set piece. It's just nice to sort of open with that and then decompress a little with like lots of like character-led dialogue scenes mm-hmm. with with actors who are 
you know, doing lovely little work with each other. Um, and I think it ends on a really interesting note. Oh God, yeah, um, yeah, with like sort of teasing uh, things. This is to where come, we're going. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. So, shall we get into spoilers? Let's do it, folks. Warning, um, warning, warning. Spoilers for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode one from this point on in three. Two, one. Everyone dies. Everyone dies. So it, um, the episode opens with, uh, oh, after the action set piece, I should say, uh, you get um, Sam is donating the shield to the Smithsonian to their to yeah. their uh, Captain America exhibit, which is, like, is nice. It's a nice little callback. We get to revisit yeah. the because we were there in Winter Soldier, and and it's sort of nice yeah. to see that it's been updated. It's like, been updated in the and corner. There's, there's his outfit from. The Avengers is in yep. the corner, and there's a whole separate section about like recent years and and uh, the Sokovia records. But you still have the main display with the OG suit, the motorcycle, and now the shield. Yes, is, is in the display case. And Rhodey, yeah, Rhodey turns up totally unexpected, um, an absolute little treat. Like, hey, it's War Machine. He's in the show. I, I think Whee! I think we're going to be seeing a, a fair bit of him in this actually because he is Air Force. He is. He's also, working... he's also the star of the upcoming Armor Wars Disney Plus show, yeah. so it doesn't hurt to be like, we're we just going to set up that Rhodey's, Rhodey's around? Rhodey's Sam's here. technically ex-Air Force. Yeah. yeah. And therefore is... Or is he ex-Army? Uh, he's Army, but he... Because he, he... Cap always... He's Air Force, but Cap always assumed that he was a pilot. And he yeah. makes the point of saying, because he's then went to soldier when they're like looking at the stuff they're going to steal to help him. Thing. He's like, oh, I never said I was a pilot. Wasn't he like an army rangers e- rescue expert or something like that? I can't recall. Because that, that. Was, that, was, that was what he developed the, or was involved in developing the Falcon suit for was like rescue Yeah, because he, he, he was the guy who helped them perfect it. Um, oh God, that whole scene. And, and where you get, they reveal that see... and then they corner sit well and drops him off the building and then Sam just flies him back up. It's dumps real him good. God, I love Winter Soldier so much. Um, um, and you get to see that in this, like he's tinkering with Redbird and like, yeah. And like, yeah. Messing, and like he's, he's upgrading stuff. You see him working on the engine for the boat, like his sort of mechanical and engineering skills you get to see. Which is, you know, always adds nice to add a direction to a character. It's also but, fun. It's also fun to see how he's become a little. He's become a little tetchier. I feel like he's a bit more yes. overprotective in general. Like doesn't like people touching his stuff. Seems a well, little standoffish. Which carries on into the marketing. We see in the Xbox Game Pass yeah, adverts. That's quite in good. those. He's even like sort of just a bit standoffish with the clerk. And I know they're just adverts yeah. tying in to market the show and stuff. But it's like, yeah, Sam's. Sam's a little more closed off, well, but maybe, but maybe like, that's because his two best mates from recent years are both like dead or not around anymore. Yeah, like Tasha and, and Steve aren't here anymore. No wonder he's like, yeah, no, everyone just give me some space, all right? Let me, let me, let me fix Red Wing. Let me, because he says like every time someone always, everyone so much, every time someone else always does it, it always gets glitchy. Yeah, and it's and sort um, of like he's he's, he's 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 projecting a persona onto his drone. But he so so. <laughs> He sort of, Red Wing. Go on, he's nice. Pet him. Yeah, he's got some sort of personality. <laughs> um, but he's, 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 so he donates the shield to the Smithsonian and the guy mm. there is like, oh, you did the right thing. And then Rhodey has a conversation with him where you get this lovely walkthrough of the exhibit where it's like, oh, are you sure you're doing the right thing? I taking up his, like, not taking up the legacy. Well, how do you feel about it? And then to the end of the episode, the same guy who we gave the shield to is like, mm. oh, here's our new Captain America. And yeah. we get to see the new Captain America. And my immediate thought was, Fuck me, Wyatt Russell looks so much like his dad. 
Yeah, oh, it's it's disturbing. It's Especially like, it's like, in that it's mask. It's like Kurt Russell's put like, on the Captain America it helmet. Lo- yeah, it's... Whoa! <laughs> like, just the chin and the nose. Like, I mean, that's why you can see him. You're like, oh my God, that is Kurt Russell's son. But also, that it's, is it, I, Kurt Russell's son. I, that's the main intrigue for me, because Flag Smashers is sort of self-explanatory. We're going to see how that develops. But yeah. for me, it's like, so why does this why does this representative of the government make a point of being like, you're right, we should put this in the museum, it's this and the other, and then so quickly turn around and be like, P.S., we've been fucking working toward this. Because it's yeah. not like you just have a Captain America overnight. The time between the no. Smithsonian scene and the reveal of <laughs> US agent is, um, is like a two days yeah so, so it, like they were clearly knew, they planning were, it they were planning it so it's like oh it, are, like, are we gonna start getting like, the government going look we could we could slap legal forms and and, and accords in front of these people are we like yeah or we could make our own version and it's like yeah oh shit and it's also the undertone oh, of like <laughs> instead of letting sam wilson who steve rogers nominated who happens to be a black man yeah, like so become, you've, so you've got that Captain angle. America you've got and the their fact symbol. That, that they're putting a like their hand-picked white dude in there instead, mm. which is great because it, the way that Sam finds out is his sister comes upstairs and is he's like, "Have you, you seen need to turn on the news right now?" Yeah, and like she kind of knows what's happening. Oh, um, it's gross! Because there's also they that, that undertone with when they go to the bank for help, and his sister's like, "They're yeah. not gonna help us. Like they're not interested. Like we're." sort of less important because we're a black family and because we're a poor family mm. and we you know yes you've got some clout which he gets to show in the sort of when they then they are <laughs> trying to get the loan organized and the it's like oh okay. although all this uh you know this stark technology uh, uh, my condolences yeah and, uh, and you're just like oh jesus christ it's getting more and more awkward but yeah and it's just it is that is that idea that yeah, it doesn't matter. He's he's always going to be because of the society he lives in. There's going to be that sense of he's still on the back foot because, um, just because of his race. <laughs> yeah. Even though he's helped save the world. Yeah. Um, because also it shows that the, the really... banking system is taking advantage of of yes of impoverished families because they're going like, well, we're still working. The, the wording is like they're still working out the the you know the the kinks and the issues going forward but it's that whole thing of like well the money's been redistributed there's been five whole years like since half of the population vanished so things are going in other places and your credit rating isn't something we can really yeah because they've got rely on reckon... anymore because you disappeared for five years and yeah they've got to reckon with that as someone who's been freelance and and has never had a, a credit card up to this point like i that, that and you know I'm not obviously saying that I'm the same as an African-American family like trying to get a loan in the States. There are absolutely different challenges there. No, but, but there are, there are can, certain can, challenges to being freelance and not having a set fixed income, yeah, I can at which least, make it difficult. Yeah, because like when, when we tried to get the mortgage on this house initially, the, the thing was like, well, you don't have a credit rating. And I was like, right, but I don't have a bad credit rating. They were like, no, but you don't have a credit rating yeah, because you've just, made an, you've just had an income. And we can look at your accounts and see that you've spent wisely and saved here and done this and the other, but because you haven't had a credit card or paid anything off, we can't say he's got a yeah. good credit rating. It was like, what? And it, like it, you've got to go into debt to be allowed. Yeah, we had to. to we, we had to, we had to get a financial advisor debt. and pay him a couple hundred to basically like it's have a meeting strange. on our behalf to convince yeah. the bank to be like, all right, fair enough. Like here's his contracts for the next year. 
here's his income for the next year, here's the amount for the deposit, okay, fine. But it was so... Now, yeah, add add to that the elements of, like, racial stigmatism in the States and yep. five years being missing and the bank's going, well, well, I guess we can't really give you that money because you don't have any credit rating from the last five years because you were technically dead, so we can't really... And it's just like, oh, my God. God, the amount of... It's interesting that this and WandaVision briefly have now touched on, and part of Spider-Man Far From Home, yeah. have now touched on what the real world is having to deal with after everyone returns. Because in Endgame, it's the emotional stake that's told through, like, Scott coming back and meeting Cassie, his daughter, again, five years growing up, and yeah. and Hawkeye Clint, like, getting the phone call from his wife and suddenly realising that, like, they're back like everything he's gone through they're back but then of course it's and now we have to defeat the villain and make sure that things don't go to shit and it's a Mm -hmm. fucking great ending and it's a big spectacle and it's a payoff for 10 years of movies and it's like ah but now through far from home a bit wandavision a little and especially this just this first episode of falcon winter soldier we're really getting to see how the how human beings are coping after the blip, after the snap and the blip has happened, and what it really means, that was that was my favorite element of this yeah, so far. Definitely, um, as great as the action is, yeah. the character stuff with Sam and his family is that is the best stuff in this, and um, um, and also the character stuff with. So um, when we get Bucky, yes, and he's befriended this old. Um, this old Japanese dude living in New York. Which, I mean... And we find out... The, the implication the at first is... Yeah, the implication at first is maybe he knew him because he's in Brooklyn. Yeah, Bucky's living in Brooklyn again. So it's maybe he's a veteran. Maybe he knew him when he was younger. But, yeah, go on. Because the actual uh, reveal fa- is heartbreaking. So you get a nightmare with... Uh, where Bucky's, Bucky's The first we see of Bucky. To, yes. Is, is as the Winter Soldier sometime yeah. about six, seven years ago. Yeah. He's, oh, well, well like 10, 50, then, 10, 15 years ago because of the blip, whatever. But, yeah. He kills a bunch of dudes and then he kills a bystander. And you find out that you get a bit of dialogue with this old guy because they go to lunch. Mm. And you find out that this old guy's son died while he was working abroad and they didn't quite know. And they never really got an answer as to why. And then you find out that the this dude's When you see the Shriners' son, is apartment, yeah. it's the dude. And you, and you that, know it's coming. Yeah. But it's just that confirmation just that this dude's son was the bystander that Bucky killed when he was on that Winter Soldier mission and he's sort of trying to do... And he can't quite kind of come... He can't quite spit oh, he'll it never, out. He'll never tell him. that he, he, To tell this dude that, that he's the guy who killed his his son. and But he's, he's sort, of, sort of dealing with that. And then we get another scene where he's like, he, he goes up to a... Like he corners a, a another Hydra, like an yeah, ex it's, it's Hydra. Yeah, it's a politician who a fed politician. info to Hydra, uh, who's yeah. still feeding intra- info to unscrupulous um, ne'er do wells. Yes, well, he but, collects in he collects enough evidence on her to try to get her arrested, but then yeah. he also does a thing where he's like, uh, <laughs> the three step thing. Like, yeah, the three step oh, thing. Oh, so good. Of like, oh, well, I, I'm I'm James Buchanan Grant. I'm no longer the Winter Soldier. <laughs> uh, and you're part of my uh, like road road to recovery. You're part of my effort to make amends. Yeah, and just like and just that wry smile, smile, like that forced smile of like yeah. I'm having to be pleasant because the government mandates that I this has to be part of my recovery. It's it's the whole thing yeah. of like you know, I I have shell shock and I have to deal with this and this is why I have to act a certain way and I just have to let you know, thank you very much. Or I'm a criminal moving into the area. I just have to inform you. Yeah, that it's that kind of thing. 
But you do see that he's got this little list in a in a in a book that he's got the names yeah. of all these people in that he has to make amends with, or I, speak either, to. Yeah, speak to I, either either because he's going to, um, like yeah, make amends by like putting some people in jail, the completely legal and not at all like vigilante esque way, which are rules that he's bending almost to the point of breaking. Yeah. But like he'll still say the mantra at the end to (laughs) introduce himself properly as the mandated things as he Mm -hmm. has to. Um, The scene with the therapist was again a highlight. Fucking wonderful. Um, And the most Sebastian Stan's really been given to flex the psychology of Bucky outside of Civil War. Civil War was sort of the last time we we got to see that. Um, And And it's also nice that he's got a military therapist. Yeah. So that she's she's uh, like I I know this changes people. Like I know killing people in the field, regardless of the context, changes you. Which is really neat. I think that that, the the sort of that acknowledging that that in the same way that the sort of Netflix did with the Punisher. Yes. That that like military service like really can really fuck you up. Mm. And we kind of don't there's a sort of, and it's been it's been this way for fucking centuries, but particularly in the last century, there's a glorification like, of the military. A glorification of the military, the, yeah, yeah. But it, what you don't actually, what is never actually examined, is how people sleep at night. Those veterans <laughs> are served, yeah, when they return. The like, aftercare, the, like, I, the service I'm not, after. The... I'm not a big sort of support of the military. Like I'm not big into. I don't make a big thing of like Remembrance Day or, or wearing poppies and stuff because I just don't, I don't. I fundamentally don't believe in the causes that our militaries are yeah. used to pursue, but these are people yeah. who are being sent on these. These are they are, they're being whether or not they believe whether in or the not causes it, that they're fighting whether or for. Not it's a it's yeah. a it's a family thing, legacy yeah. thing. Whether or not it's a poverty thing, like they, they they're doing it for the right yeah. reasons or the right reasons for themselves in that moment. But either they're and then being... they have to deal with it afterwards. Yeah, and I yeah. think that there's so much of like, oh well they made their choice, you know, they could just deal with it. And then this sort of touches on the idea that, well, actually we need to we need Take, to look after these people. Give them a of course it's gear, an exaggerated you know? case because <laughs> well, Sam had an element of it when he was first introduced. Yeah. Because yeah, he was he, running the he's he was running, running like, the support uh, group help groups for yeah. veterans. Um, but now we get it with Bucky, who's an extra special case because he's 106 years old yeah. and was, was brainwashed. He was a sleeper agent. Brainwashed, like has like, decades of his life missing, mm. um, murdered hundreds of people without any control, but that he still remembers uh, and disappeared for five years. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's got so much to recover from. Um and I just think that's a really interesting part of the character. Uh, I I like how they recapture the Russo's visual style and pacing. Yeah. In the flashback sequence, because the Winter Soldier in the film, the Winter Soldier was terrifying, and he absolutely is in that flashback. Yeah. Like he's he is a fucking force of nature. Just and, unstoppable. And it's and they translate that well, and I think it's very it's a it's a strong image to remind folks who've maybe not revisited those films in a while to open with a flashback, to open with him murdering his way through that hotel lobby. Yeah. And it's just like, oh God, because then you do get that sense of, you know, 
he it's play he was a nightmare he was something from your nightmares so we're reintroduced to him through bucky's nightmare and see the man who you know the, the winter soldier is like the exaggerated embodiment of exactly what you've just been talking about like yeah the carried baggage and trauma of having taken lives or been part of that in service of your country or a cause or an organization like being told that it's for the better when really is it it's much more complicated than that but you still pulled triggers and took yeah. lives and that yeah the 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 ptsd of it all is 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 respectfully done here like the punisher mm. the netflix punisher show did an amazing job of it as well it does not this does not glorify it the way the media and recruitment can no and especially the way that america kind of glorifies military service in i mean there are where... still elements of that because we do get that sort of military operation at the start yeah but but they also play that up as they do balance the fantastical it. comic book action that this world can yeah i mean fucking backdrop the leap backdrop the leap i was so i'd forgotten he'd been cast in the show and they don't kill him they don't kill him he off, gets so away backdrop is out there so but for those, Sam, for those on who the other might hand, be killing dudes left, right, and center. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because he's a soldier. He's a soldier, and, and yeah, lives are at stake, and there's a hostage, and they need to recover the hostage from this terrorist group. Who, for those who are confused, why we're so excited by this? So we last saw George Batroc in Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Again, yeah. another symbolic thing saying this this show is a sequel to that film because we open with a set piece where Batroc is the antagonist. Um, love I love that he's got the, the purple got purple uh, and mustard purple and mustard to, just to just yeah. to give him that it's subtle but it just gives oh, him that so yeah, this nice. is back up the leaper and and he um yeah so he, he he was in Captain America the Winter Soldier and he's the guy who basically is, he's the, the the pirate who's the kickboxer yeah who Cap like drops his shield and they're basically like a kickboxing fight yeah and Cap actually goes toe to toe with Cap like a normal human going toe to toe with Cap doing a damn fine job and it's only yeah. because Cap plays fair like and that he takes him out, which makes you go, yeah, Cap's pretty fucking badass. Like he doesn't need to do the think, super soldier thing. I think he I can still, still kickbox this kickboxer out in a fight. I think after I might have to watch Winter Soldier again later just for that opening action scene. It's like <laughs> it's when he kicks the dude off the boat. I fucking oh, it's super, <laughs> I love it's Cap in that sequence. But then we find out that like uh, Batroc as a, as a pirate uh, and as an, a mercenary for hire was hired by Fury. Mm. to provide this mission so that Natasha could sneak the secrets because she was trying they were trying Fury's trying to get to the bottom of the Hydra reveal. Yeah. Um so yeah, ba- Batroc is like he was a stooge in that movie without knowing it, but he was also still a villain and later on mm-hmm. in the film he doesn't confess. We can now assume that he got out maybe sometime during the 5 years. It's entirely possible that you know, he disappeared and then the place has moved around and then when he reappeared he was like shit or the prison guard disappeared and he was able to escape that stuff. Oh, yeah, we still don't to... know how Zemo's escaped. I think that's how I Zemo think doesn't turn up. Zemo's going to tell us that story, like yeah. that kind of world. Um, cause we've speculated that maybe Zemo ended up in a, in maximum security and everyone vanished in there in the snap yeah. bar him. And it's like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, this is the sort of things you could tell. And, and I can't wait to see how they bring him in and what, what really went on with him. But, um, but yeah, so so Batroc being in this made me super fucking happy. We get a bit of him leaping, a bit of him doing his kicks. Yeah. Um, against Sam, who holds out quite well. Like, he's clearly sort of not matched the same way Steve is, but is he puts up with it. Well, he just fights completely differently because he's not... 
like we don't see him fight with the shield in this because he's not yeah. used to fighting with the shield. He's he's got his wings. Yeah, and that's what he uses. He's a wing, um, he's a wingman. Um, that whole sequence is great. The flying and it's, it's just like, strong pod race vibes, but in the best way. Like I really like that Sam's... whole close canyon action was was really tense. I really like Sam's liaison. Yeah, he's a good um, guy. He's a good guy. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a new character who's who's pretty neat. Uh, what's the name of the character? When you look it up on IMDb. It's played by Danny Ramirez. Yeah. Um. Uh, and the character's name is... Handsome uh, handsome man. character's name is uh, Joaquin Torres. Joaquin Torres, um, Agent, Agent yeah, Torres. He's, uh, he's his military liaison, he's yeah. his intel guy, and then he's the guy who goes undercover and tries and tries to find out what's going on the Flag Smashers and gets his face kicked in for for his troubles, but by, he's able to go to Sam and be by by a lead figure that I think the show's yeah. trying to sort of make comic book fans feel clever by and go like that's the flag smasher and it's like yeah no it's no. gonna be just some dude um, but, he, but he's but able he's to enhanced, get that intel to Sam and he's, he's like, enhanced in some way because yeah. they have the whole thing of like don't tell anyone about this yet like we'll investigate it because he's that's some superhuman strength yeah poor fucking Joaquin gets kicked across the street. Is that going to tie into whatever the government's doing with USA? No, maybe, maybe. Who maybe. knows? Um, yeah, the debut of the new Captain America at the end, US agent um, uh, uh, Wyatt Russell. It's great because it's a Captain America Civil War Age of Ultron style costume. Yeah, it's but, like a darker but, blue, but it's got the white and the red in there and the stars and, and, everywhere. And the US agent decal of like the, the flag yeah. is across the chest in red and blue stripes. Love it. I, I love, love the redesigned it. star and A symbol like it's all one symbol on the yes. helmet um yes. you know they and, focus group the shit out of that before they introduce oh, it to captain america like, oh. so when you're looking for a new captain america what is it you do you want the a in the star or do you want the a or do you want the star to what both it's like fucking imagine being <laughs> on that focus group in like in universe in the mcu has been like what do you want from your new captain america um <laughs> uh bucky bucky going on a date albeit coerced by his friend yes is wonderful that's a wonderful sequence because and, he is uh, like and he's and like she comments on the fact that he's very old fashioned because he brings the flowers. Yeah, but then they just hang she's out. Like, wow, that beers. is like the most old fashioned thing anyone's yeah. ever done for me. And he's like, but, oh, as though he's got it wrong. <laughs> but she's charmed by it. She's like, thanks. I'll yeah. just go and cut and these she's, in. She's like, how old are you? Oh, I'm 106. And she just laughs like she clearly doesn't believe him. Like he, oh, he's just being funny. And then they just drink a couple of beers and 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 play Battleship, and it's cute. But then he just has to fucking nope out of there. So I wonder if we'll see that character. He might just avoid that restaurant from now on. When he stops the waving cat ornament, just stops it. <laughs> <laughs> and, it and then it's just... such a tetchy little bitch. That he just, and it just starts going again. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I think I, really strong performance in this. Uh, who's the last who plays uh, Sam's sister? Um, do, 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 where is she? Because she and the kids are excellent as well. Uh, like. Yes. Her especially, yeah, I think. I think really she was. Good. She was the. She was the the best find, as it were, of this episode so far. Uh, like she's the. She's the character I'm most yes. happy about the addition of. So there's Adipero Doye who plays Sarah Wilson and the two kids. I think, uh, if I can find them, yes, you got Chase River McGee who plays Cass and Aaron Haynes who plays AJ. Um, and then they play yeah. video games. They play um, video games. <laughs> no video games. Yes, video games. Yeah. Um, and then as they're in the driveway, three, two, one, go, go, go. Like they just know that mom's just out of sight. Let's go. It's just, it just, it just creates a nice family dynamic. It's a nice relationship. You get, you see Sam coming 
like home Uncle to Sam where he was raised Uncle, Uncle Sam, Sam brilliant they couldn't resist and it was um, worth it and yeah just like him like just saying hello to the various people who are around and hey how you doing and that sort of camera I love it when they take a character like that and they put him somewhere you've not seen him before mm. and he just feels really at ease but yeah. and that's you know that's that's something that yes it's going to be in the script but it's also a credit to the actors Mm. Um, that they they can sort of inhabit that, and I think that's what you've what the sort of MCU project ongoing is. And we said this before, mm. what its strengths one of its strengths is that they've got these actors inhabiting these characters for so long that they can just sort of slip into it. It's like yeah. Robert Downey Jr. being Iron Man was Iron Man in so many projects mm. that he basically was Tony Stark, <clears throat> yeah, and sort of yeah. inhabited that. And and uh, you know, Chris Evans being Steve Rogers was just Steve Rogers. Hmm. And I think we're seeing that with Anthony Mackie being Sam Wilson and, yeah. and uh, Sebastian Stan being Bucky Barnes and all the other and then and the newer cast that are introduced. I just think it's a. Re- I'm not saying it's the best thing ever. Like I'm not. I've not got my tongue up the MCU's arsehole, but I think it's an in- strong start. But it is a tasty an- arsehole. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a strong start to seeing a bunch of characters that I like getting room to breathe hmm. and doing some interesting stuff. Yeah, it's not. The best thing ever. It's not. It's not revolutionizing television. It's not uh, groundbreaking or particularly original. But it's it's solid and it's entertaining and I like it. And it's like, uh, and it, we've got five more doses of it. And we've got five more come. doses of it. So. And yeah, it could it could end up being you know really formulaic and boring and stuff. But it could also, by the same token, and, and judging on the track record of the MCU, probably is more likely to be you know, entertaining and engaging. And yes, again, not particularly original, not particularly groundbreaking, but really well executed. And it's like we've said before with the MCU, people criticize the MCU all the time for being, you know, formulaic and, and unoriginal. It's like, yeah, but it's entertaining. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it, people like it. It's the equivalent of getting the same meal from your favorite takeout. Yeah. Like, you know, you're going to enjoy it. Like, yeah. you know you're going to have a good time. You know that there's a certain level of quality. And sometimes it surprises you with something that makes you go, oh, shit, wasn't expecting that. Okay, yeah. sure. And like, yeah, a lot of this stuff is not masterpieces, but it's good. Yeah, they, it's they, all, have, they it's... all have something to say, and they're all anchored by really good performances and, for the most yeah. part, really good scripts. And... Like occasionally with things like Black Panther, you get something that is transcendent. Oh, yeah, Jesus. That, yeah. that hits a sort of cultural moment. And so like you get you get your Avengers Assemble sure, yeah. or your Black Panther where suddenly the zeitgeist is changed and yeah. culture is is given a boost or a nudge because of the project. And yeah. at your very worst, you get something like Thor The Dark World or Iron Man 2 where it's like, this is a family formulaic and sort of yeah. mediocre. This is, this is fine. But it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not like, am I going to go out my way and watch this again? Probably not. <laughs> but like Age of Ultron. Am I going to watch Age of Ultron again? Probably not. But hey, at least Joss Whedon got to derail an entire AAA movie in retaliation for the response to Age of Ultron. So I guess he got what he wanted, the prick. <laughs> Speaking of pricks, let's see how this segue works. Have we got any emails? <laughs> I say pricks lovingly. I also haven't checked the inbox, so no one take offense. I'm literally just spitballing. Yeah, Chris never checks the inbox. I check the inbox. It's my job. Um, I send dirty nudes to the spam box. <clears throat> okay, so we've got three emails. 
First one comes in from James, and it's and it's his sort of wrap up of um, One Division. One Division. One One Division. Spoilers. I'm sorry ahead. we didn't get to this already, James, but it came in I think literally an hour after we finished recording <laughs> the One Division wrap up, and then we didn't get to emails last week, so we didn't get to this. But but this is James talking about the One Division finale. We're here. So, one of us is queer. Let's do it. Yeah, well, uh, James says, greetings, big, which one? You'll have to guess. Um, (laughs) greetings, big damn boyos. I have found that when starting a new episode of One Division, it's always good to pay attention to the previously on. They sometimes contain wildly altered and additional dialogue previously unheard. This was most evident in episode four and in this final episode, when Hayward says, that's the thing, he isn't yours. We get additionally... He's ours. A line unheard in the previous episode. What is the truth? Well, ask the truth is out there. Uh, while Vision has entered the field, remember White Vision has entered the field, I should say. Uh, remember when we first reunited with Darcy in episode four? One of the other experts in the van with her was an AI expert. They teased White Vision from the start without us knowing. It was really interesting how much less organic he is, as if he's almost been almost completely redesigned in reconstruction, much more angular than before, many subtle differences. We find out where the children were. How dark was that? Yeah, uh, very well played by Emma, by Emma Caulfield Ford. Uh, yeah, that was a really nice moment. Uh, heartbreaking to hear her pitching new storylines, including the children to wonder just so she can see her daughter. Adds in mm. my mind a new layer to, uh, to for the children, beyond Billy and Tommy, the residents of Westview behaving for the children so they might be returned. Yeah, I think I should give... I think I should give WandaVision a rewatch at some point in the near future now it's all out. Oh yeah, I'm, um, I'm really, I'm really uh, tempted to do just like a two evening sort of jobby with it yeah. now. Now that it's, it's all, all done, fa- it's, it's, it's watch six, like long all told, like it's not that long. Yeah, just like for one night, for the next night, and yeah. and see it as a, as sort of a long film. Yeah, imagine like watching a film like... on on streaming services four plus hours long. Who knows? What, what could that possibly be like? Could that be enjoyable? Uh, yes, it could. Um, <laughs> listen, the extended cut of Return of the King is four and a half hours long, and that's great. So there we go. And you don't even have um, to change discs for One Division or the Snow. No, Cups, no, so. you have to change discs for Return of the King. <laughs> you don't have to get up. Um, <laughs> even on Blu-ray, you have to change discs. Um, uh, <laughs> Our two, our two Towers extended cut Blu-ray has got a fault on disc two. No! So, uh, like, Lucy's the one out of the two of us who's, who's the extended cut... Um, no! Extended cut lover. I, I'm like, I, these are, I'm glad these exist and I'm glad we own them, but I, give, I give watched, me the theatrical cut. I um, watched the theatrical cuts again, like, not that long ago when we first introduced Hassan to Lord of the Rings, or Medal of the Rings, as he, as he called it for a while. <laughs> um... But uh, he just thinks that Frodo wearing it around his neck is the preferred yeah, choice. Exactly, poor kid. Um, and they, they, yeah, they're really strong. I, I can definitely see why they made the cuts that they did because they are really strong films. But I'm, especially when you're watching them at home, I love to sort of wallow in the in the lore of it. But I absolutely by the, by the same token, um, those theatrical cuts are really, you know strong even though they're three plus hours each even the trees walked in those fucking movies yeah (laughs) they're really tight films and a three-hour film that's tight like the lord of the rings films is a fucking achievement um uh, white vision much like dodo wandered off but not before one of the best scenes in the shows ships and theseus and all that Catherine han is well Catherine han and wanda becomes the true scarlet witch and what a look I can't wait to see where her path takes her and what lessons she learns. I'm so glad that Agatha didn't die, leaving the possibility of a return. I'd love 
The third Fantastic Four film in 15 years' time to include super children who require a babysitter, one who strangely acts like a sitcom character. <laughs> I don't know if you could fit this version of Agatha Harkness into the role that she plays in the Fantastic Four, but I'll, I'll go for it. I guess it um, depends. Like, if, if she yeah. has some kind of... Maybe she's put on probation of some kind. It's like, no. Nope. Yeah. You're gonna you are under incredibly close observation. You're gonna raise the children and uh your bodyguard slash assistant will be Herbie. Like, <laughs> she's, be, she's being babysat by a robot. Like oh, I'd be all for that. Herbie. Uh, I really hope we see Darcy, another dodo, uh, and Jimmy again really soon. Uh, Monica's been a marvellous addition to the show, and I can't wait to see what's going on with her and Carol in Captain Marvel 2, possibly yes. about her mother. Uh, the off-screen nature of Maria's losses are powerful in the context of Monica's story, but I do hope we get to see Maria's final moments in a future film, hopefully with a best friend by her side in a flashback or early scene for Captain Marvel 2, set in the five years after the events of Infinity War. WandaVision is sadly over. The story is far from being all over. It pains me that Multiverse of Madness is a whole year away. Have a good week, insolent primitives. <laughs> which, more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, I mean, James. Um, I think that's fair, considering I called everyone whose email we're about to read a prick preemptively. So that's fine. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'll, 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 I'll take that. <laughs> so yeah, there's a couple of things we didn't cover um, when we talked about the WandaVision finale. So... Darcy says four words the whole episode and disappears. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that was because of the COVID nineteen restrictions on reshoots. Yeah, they couldn't get Cat Dennings. Basically. I think I think Cat Dennings has an underlying health condition as well because she she has been complete isolation since yeah. uh, March yeah. last year. So be, she she you know, for... she she's bit she has taken up her passion of gardening to like the nth degree to basically keep herself <laughs> safe. If you're not following her on Instagram, folks, it's Cat Dennings with three S's. Um and it's the it's one of the few reasons to keep Instagram. She's she's bloody brilliant yeah, she's on there. She's and but she has been like, w- w- bar a few occasions where she's had to go for tests and things, she's not left the house. So I can imagine no. that was one of those things of like it was either not being able to get her because of another commitment or because it was just like uh, you know, when because this a lot of this came out of an interview with the showrunner. Uh, after the finale aired, yeah. Apparently he he they stated scheduling conflicts. Um, yeah, I mean, it could it could also just be that like could be a euphemism or something else. But they basically they couldn't and, get yeah. for whatever reason during the reshoots, which were also you know uh, bound by COVID nineteen restrictions, they couldn't get Cat Dennings, so they couldn't do yeah. the stuff they wanted to I do mean, for her. On the upside, um, it's a really fun last moment for her to appear in. Yeah, like, it's quite good. It, it still works. But she did originally have more to do. Yeah. Um. There was a, there was originally like just generally a lot more stuff in that finale, but they ran out of time mm. and couldn't do it with the COVID nineteen restrictions. So it is a, um, it is sort of a result of the both the the, the just running out of time in terms of reshoots and not being able to do what they wanted to do with uh with the COVID nineteen restrictions in place. There was a sequence that they cut for timing and pacing. With Mo- uh, with Monica and the kids and and uh, uh, and, and Ralph in yes, the basement, uh, yeah, oh, and Senor Scratcher turning into a giant were rabbit, yeah, um, and cha- and being chased through the basement and getting the dark hold that they cut for that they apparently they say they shot all the physical stuff they needed to to yeah. do it, but they pretty early on they decided not to finish the effects because yeah, pacing wise pacing wise it just, it just didn't of... fit. 
Yeah, like if it was in well, episode, if it was in episode seven, uh, episode eight rather than yeah. nine, it might have been less of a distraction. But then you don't get the revelations of episode nine and results yeah. to Ralph and Monica and the Darkhold, and you kind of want in a show that is about Wonder and Vision, you kind of want the last episode to yeah. wrap up their stories at the very least. So it's a shame we didn't see that, but that's why that happens. So yeah, a lot of the problems oh. with oh my god, I've just realised what chuck it a bit of budget, make it a one shot possibly like that's doable it could still fit in continuity <laughs> if they really wanted to do it um because i'll be honest i think if they ever do release like the streaming shows onto a onto a physical format in the future if they were like here's one division the blu-ray if it was like it's the blu-ray and it's got director's commentaries and a shitload of special features i'd be like sure like mm. yeah i've got an mcu shelf i'll happily add that to the mcu shelf like mm. I, you know, um, like I, the Netflix shows. I'm waiting for them all to not be an extortionate price on DVD and Blu-ray, so I can pick up the Blu-ray copies of them as well. Because I want to, I want to have them in the collection. Yeah. I just can't justify when I can still watch them on a streaming service we're paying for. I can't justify spending twenty-five pounds a season. No. Like now, if those seasons are in a fifteen two for fifteen quid bundle, like sometimes they have been at HMV and stuff. Sure, yeah, I'll do that. Like that's why that's why I've got some Agents of Shield. It's how I've got Agent Carter on. Season Except one for and Iron two. Fist, don't 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 buy Iron Fist. Well, well, if it's in two for fifteen quid, I will because then I'm spending fifteen quid on season two. That's true, and getting yeah. season one for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like how um, like how I won't get def- I, it, you've got to be strategic. You can get Luke Cage one and two in a bundle if they do the deal. Daredevil one and two in a bundle. Daredevil three and Defenders in a bundle. Uh, yeah, Jessica yeah. Jones one and two in a bundle. Oh shit! Yeah, no, hang on. Oh no, there's always going to be an outlier. Oh, there's an odd number. Well, on the plus side, uh, uh, have we got another email? <laughs> uh, we've got some hate mail, Chris. <gasps> Bring it on, boy. So this one, I'm not going to use this person's name because they didn't sign the email, and I don't like using people's email headers. It's rude. Um, but this this email comes in and it's just simply titled BDC and says, "Huh, isn't this all your podcast is moaning and crying over how everything is perpetually awful and ruined now? Hypocrites!" And then a link to one of your tweets, Christopher, oh. from the fifteenth of March. Oh, go on. In which you tweet, "Imagine spending every day hate tweeting about a TV show you used to like but don't anymore." Like, oh my god! Watch the old episodes that you do enjoy. Watch something this. else. I love Find a different this. hobby. Be happy, because y'all are coming across like you need some help. Are we getting hate mail from a not my doctor person? I couldn't say. Because I don't know that's this person's what that's name. Directed. That's amazing. So, okay, hi. Legitimate argument for the person who emailed in. Thanks for taking the time to email in. Genuinely appreciate that. Regardless of whether it be constructive criticism, a complaint happy email you know comedy email questions thanks i appreciate it um my tweet is about people who literally spend their entire every waking minute on social media slagging something off just the same thing that they don't watch anymore apparently we're a pop culture news podcast where we review things whether we like them or not that's what we are we're not times we watch the things we review <laughs> we talk and we, about and them. Also, even if we go in with preconceived notions, we're honest. Yeah. I was expecting to hate the Snyder Cut. Yeah. And I actually really enjoyed it. If we you would absolutely have a point 
dear uh, writer, if we, for example, didn't like Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Who and spent all of our days tweeting about how we hate it and Doctor Who's ruined and Doctor Who's been ruined now and it'll never be repaired and fire Jodie and get rid of Chibnall. Imagine if we did that. That would be weird, right? That'd be worrying and gross and odd. Because why would you spend all your time doing that if you don't get joy from the thing you're talking about all the time? What outcome do you possibly think you're going to achieve by doing that? I don't understand toxic fandom. Yeah. If you don't like something, just step back from it. Yeah. Or acknowledge that you don't like part of it. And yeah. Like, I fucking love the X-Files. Yeah. Pretty much everything after season seven is trash, but it's still the X-Files. Like, and I acknowledge that, but I don't spend all my time hating on the X-Files. Yeah. Because I like more of it than I don't like. And even the stuff I don't like is still the X-Files. Like, I... But here's the thing. God, it's exhausting, isn't it? If, like... you, if, you, if you didn't like that portion of X-Files that you really didn't like, imagine if this podcast was just you again and again talking about how you didn't like that portion of X-Files and that was all we talked about. That's what that tweet's about. So there's no hypocrisy here, people. This is literally... Me saying, if that tweet applies to you, if you were offended by that tweet, read the tweet again. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you've got other things you could be doing with your life. Yeah. If you want to listen to a podcast where we review shit that's come out or have retrospective discussions about stuff, good, bad, indifferent, that's what we are. Hi. Welcome aboard. We're not um, high. Not yet. Although this whiskey um, is starting to go to my head. Yeah. Which is a perfect time to get us to the last email. Pretty um, much. <laughs> uh, okay, this one comes in from Alina. Alina, am I saying that right? I apologise if I'm not. Or Elena. Um, says, Dear big damn lads. Hello. For almost 22 <laughs> years and 275 releases, the big finish monthly range is finally over. There were many ups and downs, but as with all things, it must come to an end. Apart from the obvious titles of Spare Parts, Jubilee, and anything Robert Shearman touches, what are some of your favourite stories from the monthly range? Some of my favourites are the Sixth Doctor and Perry story-ish, the two Eighth Doctor and Charlie stories, Invaders from Mars, and Terra Firma. It seems that the new distribution model is going to be... More box sets. My wallet weeps at the thought. Uh... Best of wishes and hope that lockdown is treating you well. Uh, Elena, who always dresses for the occasion. P.S. Thank you for making the podcast such a trans-inclusive space. Um, well, well, very welcome. Uh, Happy to do as, so. Uh, as always, if we ever do something that is not inclusive for uh, trans folks or any other folks, just write in, let us know. Yeah. If we fuck up pronouns, if we fuck up names, if we fuck up terminology, please do write in. Look, we just want to make... It's not that hard to be inclusive if you yeah. listen to people. Yeah, we're, we're, here to, <laughs> like, we're, we're here to listen and learn. So if we ever fuck yeah. up, just, just let us know. Just let us know. Um, just let us know. Correct course. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad that you you think that, that you feel that because that that's, I guess we're doing something right. So thank you for that. Um, we're inclusive to everyone except the previous emailer. <laughs> however, uh, Elena, <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry to break it to you, but neither of us are big, big Finnish people. Yeah, we're sort like, of little Finnish people. I don't, I don't think I've listened to any of the monthly range since 2004. 
Crikey. <laughs> I think the late, I think the, the most recent one I fucking listened to is Cold It's. Damn, that's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's a while back. It's, yeah, I, I, mm. I, I really wish I could answer your question in more detail, but I just don't listen to the monthly range. Yeah. Which I think we've said before, like, we're not really Big Finish. Listeners. I know you've done so, a little bit of work with Big Finish. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've lent, lent me pipes to him for a couple couple box sets. Um, uh, and they came back dirty, the bastards. Um, <laughs> Scrub me pipes. But I, I, I think what, as much as I admire the work that Big Finish do, the sheer volume of stuff they release, and not being able to keep up with it, just I, I, I just couldn't do it. So yeah. which is why I kind of haven't I mean, yeah, I've listened to a lot of the the earlier stuff and I think a lot of that stuff is, is really good. Like all the Colin Baker Maggie Stable stuff is great. Um a lot of the Fifth Doctor stuff is really interesting. The early uh, getting Paul getting more Paul McGann stuff. It's fabulous. Particularly like the first series of Paul McGann stuff uh, with India Fisher. I haven't listened to a lot of the Paul McGann Sheridan Smith stuff, but I hear it's really, really good. Yeah, Although, was oh, that a BBC I've, I've production heard... or was that Big Finish? I was. It was a bit of both because it went out on Radio Seven. So okay, um, but it was Big Finish. Back when BBC there, Radio was... Seven was a, was a yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I, honestly, we were really not the people qualified to talk about the monthly range. But if you are, please do write in and let us know. I mean, I know uh, our Sam, our our very enthusiastic Doctor Who correspondent, did re- write in recently with some uh, Eighth Doctor uh, reviews, which were. You know, quite good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, we're, we're not the people to, to ask about that, unfortunately. I'm now, sorry to disappoint. Yeah, I mean, I think if there was a range I'd get into, it'd probably be Short Trips, but that's just because I loved the original four yeah. Short Trips albums, which which were, you know, like eight stories on one CD. Um, I've not mm-hmm. I've not got into the, you know, the here's a, here's a new one every month, but... If we get Capaldi audios, I might dip into those. Because I fucking love Peter Capaldi. <laughs> um, and we will eventually. Like we've got, we've had tenant ones, haven't we? Yeah, we're getting Eccleston ones, which was thought to be a impossibility, impossibility for so long. Um, but we're getting Eccleston ones, mm. so I don't know. Again, a lot of that stuff is for free on Spotify. The early stuff, so I I do keep meaning to I do like, go back and and do the odd one here and there because I do like audio dramas and audio books and stuff like that but it's, there's just so much mm-hmm. I even out like there's the two like you say 275 releases in the monthly range yeah and then fucking everything else <laughs> that it just dawns him to jump onto uh, I guess it's how people who don't read comics feel about getting into comics I guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's that thing of oh my god, it's a it's an endless spiraling well. Yeah. Uh, like, where, um, where do I jump in? Where's where's the shallow end? Uh, should I wear water wings? What's happening? I ha ah, so much of it. Um, I think I think the recommendations I've had before is just like pick a doctor and just listen to their yeah. releases. Um, yeah, which in my opinion, probably I I would probably go I, I, and explore the Eighth Doctor stuff because I like Paul McGann. Mm. I listened. Like, I listened to the first two Lucy Miller series. Yeah, and I enjoyed them a lot. Uh, I just, you know, like I, uh, the thought of oh, hang on, I'm actually only like a two thirds of a way through what was out at the time, 
and I've started two thirds yeah. of a way through, and oh, do I need to go back? Or ah! um, but I think what was really cool that they did was they rehabilitated because they could only get at the start the last three doctors, the last four doctors technically. They re because the first three are dead, and Tom Baker's Tom Baker, um, like. They re- they were able to rehabilitate the sort of image and perception of the of the fifth, sixth, and seventh doctors, which is for a lot of people where the sort of the show starts to decline. Mm-hmm. But they were able to take those doctors and their companions, or even give the new companions, and sort of do uh, do tell interesting stories with them, particularly Colin. Yeah, I, I think Colin Baker's sixth doctor got such a reevaluation thanks to the. Um, big finish stuff because that character actually got to grow as a version of the doctor and and they got to explore that more um the i think so i think big finish did a lot of really interesting stuff there um but i i you know individual recommendations i'm not the person to ask but i admire what they did and i'm glad and be, before we got the revival that was all we had and it was so all they we had sir. They kept the flame alive, which, you know, I can't, can't scoff at. Do you know what else you can't scoff at? What? Zack Snyder's Justice League, apparently. Hey! We'll be talking next week in depth. So if you want to get in touch, it won't be answered next week because we're recording these pretty much back to back. But the week after, we'll catch up on any emails you be having. So if you've seen the Snyder Cut and want to drop in any tidbits, if you've been catching up with Falcon of the Winter Soldier, by the time we record again, episode two and possibly three will be out so um let us know what you've been thinking big damn contact at gmail.com you can of course tweet us at any time at big damn cast you can catch matt's live stream adventures in backlogging on twitch.tv slash big damn stream and if you want to throw some shekels help keep the lights on pay for the support of the podcast or you know like help buy us a greg's on uber eats or something um <laughs> patreon.com slash big damn cast until next time uh do you bleed that's not in it. Oh, there you go. Find out more about that next week. Oh, teasers. Teasers. Oh, stop, please.